0: Hey, Senda.
1: Hey, Phil.
0: You want to talk about running a cyberpunk game or maybe a crime game or...
1: Um, I mean, I don't know if I would have a lot to contribute. Like, those aren't really genres I, I do.
0: And? And?
1: Oh, okay. So this is the episode where we talk about running genres you're not familiar with? Yes!
0: Nailed it. <laughs> and cue music. and welcome to another episode of pandas talking games the episode before we hit the four year mark i'm one of your hosts
1: phil and i am your other host senda
0: Woo! this is episode 199
1: i know right it's
0: like big next week episode 200 what that's wild that's 200 episodes of <laughs> us being ridiculous and people yes. continuing to listen to us. Of,
1: like I mean, thank you. Yes we'll thank get, you we'll, we'll talk about that more next week. That's time.
0: <laughs> next week. In uh, this week, Jim on Twitter asked me a question on my birthday and as the rules um, state, I am obligated to create shows <laughs> based on topics when asked on my birthday. On my actual oh. birthday, so... Is
1: this, like, an Italian thing?
0: Uh, like, The Godfather. You come to me on yes. the day of my daughters. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, if you come to me on my birthday, I will make you <laughs> a, uh... I'll make you a show. I say that, but, I, you know, there there are limits to this. I don't want, like, 500 people only, showing up.
1: Only one person. <laughs> only one person The first one
0: of you who shows up and asks me on my birthday <laughs> will get a show. Maybe... One or more after that, but for sure the first person. Anyway, what did Jim have to? What did Jim have to say?
1: So Jim said, "Hey, pandas talk games. Any chance you would be willing to talk about playing slash running games outside of your home genre in one shots and campaigns? I don't consume a lot of superhero or sci-fi media, but a lot of those games in those spaces look so fun. Would love to hear your thoughts."
0: So first of all, I've deduced that Jim and I. Are on opposite spectrums of um,
1: <laughs> of media of genre knowledge, right? Yeah.
0: Because because superhero and sci fi media is my jam. Um, <laughs>
1: like those are the things you run. Yes.
0: <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> um, so here's the thing, right? We all have preferred genres based on our interests, right? So sometimes those genres are things that were kind of like our entryway into gaming. So like you know maybe that's like the first games we played. Or maybe it is media that we were consuming before we started. Before we started role playing games, like for me, for instance, I am not a huge fan of fantasy as much as I am sci-fi because I saw Star Wars before I read The Hobbit, right? And so, That's fair. right. So yeah. for me, like fantasy, like playing Dungeons and Dragons was kind of okay, but the second I saw a sci-fi RPG, I was like, whoop, "I'm gone," right? And like, and <laughs> <I> never stopped. <laughs> So the thing is, when it comes to genres, right, um, genres exist um, in multiple uh, forms of media. And if you're into playing a genre into an RPG, it's fairly likely you are also into some of the other other forms of it in media. Right. So, like, I like cyberpunk games and I like cyberpunk books and I like cyberpunk movies. And that, you know, pretty much makes sense
1: right? Anyway, so tonight we're going to talk about running games that are not in your favorite genres, a thing that I have ended up having to do a bunch randomly. But before we get into that, I actually thought just to, to kind of show this off because we can talk about it, right? We should just talk about what our favorite genres are to run and at least one genre that we're actually not super familiar with in terms of running.
0: Yeah, yeah. So in terms of things that I'm, in terms of things, I'm really comfortable running, right? Um, cyberpunk, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Super games, I, 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 um, I loves, I loves me supers. Um, I've been a Marvel comic geek for a long time uh, and crime. Oh, I mm-hmm. love me crime so much. <laughs> um, genres that are difficult for me to run because I don't really have any good mastery over them. Uh, steampunk is one. You know, which
1: oof, I'm thinking about. I'm thinking all kinds of steampunky things right now because yeah. of the books I'm reading. And I'm like, hmm. Uh, romant- okay, anyway, romantic Romantic
0: fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. I never really got into that genre of books, like you know, Tanith Lee and like all of like all of Mercedes Lackey and stuff like that. Like, I never really got into um, fair enough those and uh, anime. Right, anime was kind of mm-hmm. a thing that kind of uh, I missed the. I was just a little too old, like I kind of missed anime uh, when it was first kind of taking off.
1: How about, yeah, yeah. How about you? Cool. We are polar opposites in some of these. We are. Um, So my favorite, like the, the genres that I know I'm super comfortable running tend to be anime, <laughs> um with a an emphasis in magical girl but I'm super comfortable running all kinds of anime, right? Like you want to do Naruto ninjas? No problem. You want to do um, you know, giant robots? Okay, let's do it, right? Like I, I, sure, I'm there, I'm with it. And then beyond that, I really just like running things with like teen drama or like things with drama in general which is, like, hard to define as a genre, except that it encompasses things like, um, to a certain extent, you can hit wuxia, and you can hit, um, what else? I don't know, Uh, 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 a telenovela kind of things. Even though those aren't genres I'm super personally familiar with, there's a lot that crosses over, so I I just, I like the drama stuff, right? Um, I have a hard time, um, or I'm just not super familiar with running things like crime. Right? Right. Noir. Um, Horror is not a genre that I consume very much of, so it's not one I'm good at running at all. And uh, honestly, I think the only time I ever ran Cyberpunk was when I ran rocker boys and vending machines which you played in and i was like hmm Rock. well i'm gonna fake it
0: <laughs> uh hey, hey
1: we'll talk about that don't later give,
0: don't, don't give away the show no spoilers, <laughs> no spoilers. right no spoilers.
1: anyway so so that's that's kind of um some some of the some of the genre stuff but um so we don't really have any definitions per se to talk about this topic but we do need to discuss two ways that we can deal with genres. So Phil, when it comes to genres we're not familiar with, what what are some of the ways that we can deal with running them? Right.
0: So when we talk about running a genre, so maybe this is a little definition, right? When we talk about running a genre. <laughs> um,
1: You're totally defining
0: things. Um, Just we need to understand, like, there are a few things that make up a genre. Now, I will also recommend go back to several of our past, past episodes when we talk about genres. But yes. um, what are some of the things that
1: go into making up a genre? Um. Yeah, there, there's things like um items, mm-hmm. like what kind of stuff do you run across? Locations, what kind of locations get used? What kind of culture slash history would you see in that game? And then, um, of course, there are the story tropes.
0: Right, so running a genre is just the process of having those elements, right? The items, locations, culture, and history, uh, and tropes mm-hmm. appear in the game. So, that people who are playing the game feel like they are part of that genre. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, if I'm doing cyberpunk and I describe, you know, I describe the gangster with the cyber arm, right, we feel like we're in a cyberpunk game.
1: Right. There better be chrome.
0: Yes. There better be some chrome. There better be some neon. Right. mm -hmm. Okay. So, when it comes to genres we are unfamiliar with, right, there are really two ways we can approach them. I think this is pretty universal. Somebody yeah. <laughs> will disagree, but I think it falls into one of these two categories. Yeah, probably. The first one is we can just fake it. Woohoo! <laughs> um, and, and the truth is that we don't actually need to know a lot about a genre in order to run it for a short amount of time. Yes. And if we're just talking surface level stuff, right, we can often fake it enough to get by. And, and there are a few techniques for how to fake it.
1: Yeah so for example you can you can base it on like a single source right, right? so you can be like cool here is one example of cyberpunk so I am reading um neuromancer. This is now my example of the genre. I'm gonna learn this and then I'm just gonna run my game like this because it 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 there's it's cyberpunk, right? So you can run the risk of it then feeling like you're specifically running the game neuromancer instead of running a cyberpunk game. Right. right? Like that's that's a thing.
0: Right, because not all cyberpunk is mm-hmm. neuromancer. Yes. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So then the other thing you can do um, is you can run a different genre under the genre that you're supposed to be running, right? Mm -hmm. So you use the genre, the main genre as your backdrop, right? So, and then you pick another genre that you're actually much better with and you run your story based on that. So for instance, you could take your cyberpunk world and you could run a noir mystery. Um, Yeah. And that is actually, there are many actually instances of noir mysteries In cyberpunk settings, right? So if you're really good at noir, this is kind of a real, cool. you know, this is a really easy way to kind of fake the genre. Now, the the risk you have is um, if you don't actually put enough of the backdrop pieces in, um, then people might feel like, well, I don't really think it was a cyberpunk game. I felt really more like we just played a noir game.
1: Right. So that's your risk. Then the other thing you can do is run it like it's an adjacent genre. Um, And this is something that I feel like I do all the time, right? So you figure out the genre that you do know that is near to the genre and similar to it. And then you use those tropes and elements with kind of the descriptions and some of the trappings of the actual genre you're running in. Um, This is something that happens to me all the time when I run like superhero games, honestly, because I'm perfectly happy to run or play in a superhero style genre. But superheroes are not something I've actually consumed that much media for outside of like the Avengers films. So but it's close enough to a lot of other things that I consume because, you know, it's kind of close to some anime things and stuff like that. Right. So then I can warp that over. Um, But you have to be careful of this one. Um, The risk here is that it may not feel quite like the genre because it may feel more like if I run a supers game, it may end up feeling slightly more anime than superhero because that's where I'm really pulling from, right?
0: Yes, exactly. Um, but I totally think, right. Like anime is a good way to sub in for supers, right?
1: Right. It has the same levels of drama and like, well, you've got um,
0: large scale powers exactly. and rivalries you know, got big things and yeah, and
1: super villains and like, I mean, you have all of those things.
0: You can make it work. You for yeah, sure I, can make it work.
1: All right. I've absolutely done it, <laughs> right.
0: So fake it is definitely a way to go. And I'm yeah. not discounting fake it at all, right? Like, Fake it yeah. is totally valid. Yep. The other technique, then, is to actually learn the genre. What? Right? <laughs> um. So if you really want to run something in a very specific genre, you can actually learn the genre. We've talked about learning genres in past episodes, but here's like a little bit of a refresher.
1: Right. So the first thing is to consume media, right? Consume media that is in or about the genre that you are trying to learn. And as you're consuming it, specifically look for the elements and the tropes that are being used. Yep.
0: And then to add to that, right, go to TV Tropes. Um, Almost every genre has a TV Tropes page. It totally does. Um, And the cool part about that is that the TV Tropes will list all the genres or all the tropes that are common for a genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a great shorthand for how to find the tropes. And if you're consuming media and have read the TV Tropes page, like it'll even help you find them in the media that you're consuming.
1: Yeah. And then you can also find a source book or guide from another game that specifically addresses that genre. So many RPGs have source books for different genres Things like Savage Worlds and GURPS that are like eh, one size fits all kind of gaming solutions um, are really good for having source books that cover other genres um, in, in you know depth for gaming purposes. Right, And,
0: and just saying that, I, I realize that Fate now has um, a, oh, a yeah. horror and a sci-fi book.
1: Oh, they're so good, too. Right?
0: So those... Right. So, though, like, games that tend to be more generic often have source books for genres, and even if you're not playing that game, they are often chocked full of cool advice about how to play the genre. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Um, now, here's the downside, right? Learning a genre takes some time and effort. Um, yes. And if you are super busy, like many of us are, taking time to learn a genre... Is not always easy, but if you want to go from unfamiliar to eventually mastering a genre, you're going to have to learn it.
1: Yeah, so that brings us back to Jim's question, right? So when it comes to one-shots and campaigns, how do you run genres you're not familiar with, at least when you start, right? So as always, I am going to talk about one-shots.
0: And I'm going to talk about campaigns. So tell, me about, tell me about running uh, unfamiliar genres in one-shots.
1: Right, so the great thing about one-shots is that the game is short, right? I mean, that's just always the thing about one-shots. So it means that you don't have to display too many elements or tropes in the session. You just need enough to make it feel like the genre, but you don't have to actually display true deep mastery of this actual genre, right? So one-shots are great for faking it, which is why I've done this a lot, (laughs) Um, right? So your best bet usually, for faking it, is um, something kind of like a two-pronged approach, right? So base it on a source that you do know.
0: Yeah, so find a good piece of media that you can consume um, or that you know uh, already, which you can grab a few elements and tropes from. So like for a supers game, like watch a MCU movie or two, like as if you already haven't.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right, and then run a different genre under it.
0: Yeah. So just create a story that's from another genre that you do know, um, because that'll be the part you're going to be most familiar and comfortable with is the story
1: structure. Yeah. So um, we're going to put this into um, action with a little bit of cyberpunk, which is a genre that, as I said at the beginning, I don't know that well. So here's a one shot idea. Right. So at the behest of Phil, because I haven't consumed a lot of cyberpunk uh, media. Right. I once read Neuromancer. That is pretty much the most cyberpunk I've consumed outside of gaming. So from that reading that book, here are some things that I know about. I know cybernetics. I know large corporations. I know AIs, right? So I can run it with kind of a different genre underneath it, right? So I can run it with fantasy underneath it. I didn't list fantasy as one of my favorites, because it's not one that I play a lot anymore. But oh my god, I am very familiar with it. And I could absolutely do it if I wanted to. I have read so much fantasy. Okay, so we're going to steal just the plot of Lord of the Rings wholesale, right? But I'm going to make it cyberpunk now. So my plot for my adventure is going to be uh, a group of runners who need to upload a dangerous computer virus into the AI of a large corporation, right? So to do that, they have to make it across the city and have like this big trek across the city. And then they have to get into the large black glass tower with the glowing red beam of light at the top. Yeah, yeah. The right? big,
0: or the big, you know, corporate symbol
1: at the top. The big right? corporate symbol, which is like, you know, kind of like a flaming eye. Right,
0: exactly. Yep, <laughs> Don't yep.
1: lean too hard into that. You'll give yourself away. Exactly. But you kind of get the idea. Even if it's just like you've got a, a creepy black glass tower that's like... F- reflective you can't see anything inside of it and it's got you know one of those airplane red lights just at the top that's constantly spinning mm-hmm. That would i would go it, with right? big
0: hologram um red kanji right like that's very cyberpunk. that would
1: also be very yeah, see yeah. that would be more cyberpunk to me it's creepier if it has no symbology
0: it all the same we're in the same space
1: we're in the same but that's space. a totally
0: that's a totally viable one-shot
1: Right, and I know just enough cyberpunk now to like get me through the descriptions, right? Mm-hmm. Like because it needs to be kind of chromy and like future-y and very like the way that we thought about computers in the 90s will give me good descriptors for how to talk about cyberpunk.
0: Yeah. Totally. Right. Legit?
1: Yeah. Anyway,
0: I would would play that one-shot. <laughs>
1: I would That would be fine. I could run that. I mean, there's another interesting thing about Cyberpunk, which is the first time I ran it, I was like, wait, this is actually a heist game, so I can do heists. Cool. But anyway, we do need to keep moving right along. So, Phil, um, eventually, we're going to run a campaign, and we're going to need a little bit more than just that surface-level stuff. Yeah, probably
0: we need more more than that. And we do need it, but not right away. We need yeah. it eventually. When it comes to campaigns, as we always say, we have time on our side. Right. It
1: is Anna. on my side.
0: Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. So eventually, over time, it benefits us to learn the genre. But we can start a campaign by faking it as well. Yeah. Uh, and my recommendation is you should just do that. Right. So if you're going to run a campaign in a genre you're not familiar with, start by faking it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I say that because faking it takes less time. Right. And you can just get the game going Um, because once everybody's once your game's going and everyone's having a good time, it's going to create a lot of motivation in yourself to actually do the work to learn the genre in detail. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if everybody's having a good time, you're going to want to like get more and more into the genre. All right. And and so in, in that way, right, this is like a bootstrap approach. Right. So use the techniques that Senda talked about to start by faking it. But once you start faking it, then you also need to start bootstrapping your learning process. And I'm going to say that here's how I would do it. So first thing I do is go right to TV Tropes, look up the genre.
1: Yeah. And then just find what those tropes are, right? And that's what you're doing is you're priming your brain to see what those tropes are while you do the next part.
0: Right, which is consuming a few sources. Mm-hmm. Right,
1: so you're going to need more raw material than whatever you started with um, to run a few sessions. So you're going to brush up on more sources than that, and then having read the TV tropes before you get into the sources, you're going to ha- is going to help you with recognizing the patterns of things that you can pull in and how to use them.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> then. Uh, I'm going to say grab a published adventure for the game that you're running in.
1: Yeah. Even if you don't run that actual adventure, right? The intro adventure for the game, for example, which they they put in a lot of books, you know, they just put it in the back of the game, right? Um, it's going to give you then a framework for how they would expect you to run your first few sessions, which will like give you a lot of clues and hints about the genre also that you can use with the tropes and stuff.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And then once you have once you have all that material together, right, you can just start working it into your game. Yeah. And then uh, as you go forward, as your campaign progresses, like if you're going into a more medium to long form campaign, right, then as part of your campaign prep, you can just keep learning the genre. Right. So
1: then you can start consuming more and more diverse sources of media. Read articles. You know, find more stuff.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna say I just want to note um, about more diverse. Right, it is totally fine when you're kind of bootstrapping yourself into the beginning part of learning a genre to go stick with the mainstreams. Right, the Gibsons. Right, yeah. and 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 things like that. But after like after that initial kind of startup. Go branch out, go find more diverse voices in that same genre because they bring those voices bring so much more to the genre. Like, don't let the standard bearers be the sum of your genre. And you may have to do a little work to find those more diverse sources, but it is totally worth it. Yeah. Okay. So then as part of your campaign prep, you're just like. Uh, on the side, like you're just reading this sh- like anthology of short stories or you're watching, you know this TV series or whatever. and you just like let those kind of let those process. And then, like we've talked about in previous episodes, then start taking them apart, right? Pulling out the tropes, pulling out little bits and start working those into your game. So I'm gonna give a quick example, yeah, of a genre that I'm actually kind of okay in now. But I will explain how I would bootstrap someone through this. Sure, and that is and horror. Mm-hmm. Okay, so phase one of and horror would be to fake it. Yes. So I'm going to say jump right to TV tropes and read the Cthulhu mythos mythos page. Mm-hmm. It will tell you a whole bunch of tropes and things about the Cthulhu mythos. Then I'm going to just point you at two Lovecraft stories. Call of Cthulhu, right? Literally the
1: the most call iconic. Of Cthulhu. Yeah.
0: Right, most iconic story, you know, to Lovecraft. And then the Dunwich Horror. Now, before you all start yelling at me about every other Lovecraft story, I know there are many good ones. Please, I'm just picking these two. I could have picked some other ones, but I think the Dunwich Horror is actually a pretty good one to get started with. Okay, now, then go pick up nearly any Chaosium adventure. Mm Mm-hmm. Chaosium's been running more Call of Cthulhu than anyone ever, except for maybe Ken (laughs) Haidt, possibly. But go read any one of the Chaosium adventures. Then you'll get kind of a a feel. Now, that'll get you enough to fake it. Now you want to learn it. So next step is, I'm going to suggest initially to read a little more Lovecraft. And I'm going to ask you to read it by also getting a companion book called Tour de Lovecraft by Ken Height, who writes essays about each one of the stories. Ken will also tell you in the book which short stories you should bother reading and which ones, unless you're like a hardcore fan, you don't need to read. And he puts them in order in terms of how good they are. So you can just like start and read all of those. All right, then go find some other mythos games right? Uh, Fate of Cthulhu, Trail of Cthulhu. There's some other ones. Um, Go check those out too. And then get into some other mythos authors, right? Do not base your entire campaign on just Lovecraft. Go and find more diverse authors. There is a whole body of other authors. I don't have a bibliography on me, Um, But I'm sure if you just ask the Twitterverse, um, people will help you out. But there are more diverse voices um, that are doing mythos stories, and you should be consuming those as well.
1: Yeah. And then pretty soon after that, you're going to be comfortable enough to run this genre as one of your favorites.
0: And when uh, an unfamiliar genre becomes familiar, it must be time for us to end the show. But before we go, Senda, tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network.
1: Sure. On Jang Hu Hustle, you can train alongside fellow students Eric Farmer and Eli Kurtz. Eric and Eli make their kung fu stronger by watching wuxia films, then discussing how to apply their observations to game design. Cool.
0: I- ironically, mm. they are doing the learn it part.
1: Yes, they right? are this actually is, doing the learning. If it part.
0: you wanted to play Hearts of Wu Lin, oh, and were like, "How do I learn good wuxia, Yeah, you would go to Zhang Hu House.
1: I know. Like, I'm, I'm, I partially fake wuxia, right? Because a yeah, lot of the tropes I, I do work. Too. But like, I, it's all the adjacent stuff, and I, I right. watched some things, and I liked them. Anyway, okay. moving right Before along. Before we
0: branch off into another discussion, <laughs> send a tell us where people can reach us on uh, the internet.
1: Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information?
0: please, 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 please give us uh, some ideas for shows, Uh, ask us questions, toss us out some topics, ask us to expand upon a thing, just like Jim did tonight. We uh, source this show primarily from people who listen to it. Uh, We try very hard not to write our own topics. And to be honest, for 199 episodes, we've done a pretty bang-up job of answering the questions that you've had. So please, Send them out to us. We'll put them in the list, and we'll we'll make a show out of it. If you like what we're doing here, or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. It uh, helps to keep the lights on. It helps to make all of this possible—hosting equipment, all of that stuff. It really means a lot to us, and our patrons mean a lot to to us. Uh, When you patron the shows, you get all sorts of things, access to the bonus outtakes from the show, which are. Pretty hilarious. The after show for Mr. Mark, access to our Slack room for life. You want to come play Minecraft with us? You can do that as well. There's all sorts of things that you get for being part of the Mr. Mark community. But I think part of it really is just being part of a group of really awesome humans and really awesome gamers. Uh, And we're just going to call out a few of those awesome humans like we do a few in every uh, episode. John Carney, the court necromancer. Thank
1: you so much, John.
0: Yes, thank you. Andrew Dempse. Thanks, Andrew and Jean Laubert. Thanks Jean. There is another thing you can do to help support our 2020 campaign of if you listen to us you will love us um, yeah. and that is to get other people to listen to us aside from going around and just telling your coworkers that they should listen to I us. I mean
1: obviously. which
0: we assume you already did that so there's another thing you can do to help people that don't know you Mm -hmm. and don't know us find us so they can listen to us love us and become new listeners and friends of of the community and what is that thing
1: well you can leave us a rating or review on apple podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show which is great also, they make us super duper happy and giddy on the inside. And I feel like now is a really good time to make your favorite creators, if, even if we're not your favorite, it's a good time to make creators feel giddy on the inside because everybody could use some positivity at the moment. So maybe just like it, now is a good time to go around and leave reviews on all of your podcasts and just make people feel good.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, I should go. It doesn't s- cost money. Yeah. It, um, it helps us i mean we're all you know we're all in this together right we're all in this together to get through this yep so
1: right right podcast reviews make people happy
0: yeah drop some stars on those people give them some thumbs up mm-hmm. all right say so, senda show me how uh, you're going to fake your way through your next crime
1: game This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, eh, show me what you got, show me what you got, eh, show me what you got, show me what you got, eh, show me what you got, show me what you got, eh. Bloopkey.
0: And I have waveforms.
1: Do, do I get to eat my chocolate yet?
0: Oh, well, you, you get to eat it after we have our chocolate check-in.
1: But yeah, but yeah, but I grabbed it earlier. It's been like a while, and it's mine been sitting staring at, right here as well. It's staring at me.
0: <laughs> so, welcome to Chocolate Check In. Um, during um, during this um, pandemic, uh, as part of our uh, self care routine, we've both brought chocolate to the show. Chocolate. Um, yes. Introduce your chocolate before you consume it.
1: Um, well, uh, Andy was a doll and she went and picked up my antibiotics for my toe the other day and so she had to go to Target. So she brought me back a, a, a mixed container of lint chocolate truffles. So this is the last one and it is white chocolate because it is my least favorite of the, the white, t- chocolate
0: white chocolate with white, with white truffle.
1: Yeah. The white, white, white. Mm-hmm. It's the white, white, white truffle. I
0: see, container. nobody's going to get that joke. <laughs> will There are a handful of people who will get what the white, white, white is. But for everyone else, before they speculate, and this goes horribly wrong, in our Minecraft game, there are these there are these chests that you put different colors on to make them your own um, code. And we on the shared server leave a, a set of chests as white, 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 so that everybody can share. We put things in it we all want to share. Yeah. So we call. You it, can't
1: share my. Truffle.
0: right so the shorthand term for that is we call it the white 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 anyway you have the um lint white chocolate truffle now
1: now do i get to eat you it you
0: may consume your chocolate <laughs> while i introduce my chocolate before i eat mine um i have the um choco love um which is um more local to you i have the mm.
1: um
0: choco love salted caramel in dark chocolate um
1: yeah that one is really one of my favorite it's pretty delightful bars.
0: i'm gonna just mm-hmm. uh Mm -hmm. i don't want to bite it because
1: Mm -mm. well then the caramel comes out Mm,
0: but i want the chocolate to soften
1: Mm. (laughs) i always bite into it so that the caramel hits my tongue and then let the (coughs) chocolate
0: trying to think what i'm gonna get next this week when i go grocery shopping for chocolate love Mm. i was thinking the candied ginger
1: the candy ginger is pretty good. I, I I'm a little weird about that because I love candy you ginger. You really do. And I love um, chocolate. I don't necessarily love them together. Hmm.
0: Okay, so maybe I won't get that one. Because you're,
1: I mean, I just, I know ginger and chocolate is a weird combination to me. I, I should love it because I love them both. I've been at
0: conventions I, with you. You're a freak about candy ginger.
1: I really am. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my treat when I go grocery shopping. I buy candy ginger. I've seen
0: you. I've seen you. I've seen you pound through like almost a whole bag of candy ginger in a game.
1: Yes. And the only thing that easily. actually is actually Without slowed bleeding. you
0: down is that you shared it with me, so I yes. ate like a part of it as well.
1: Yes. Um. I believe origins last year we stopped at Grandpa's cheese barn? Grandpa's
0: cheese barn,
1: and they had candy ginger. And boy, did I buy some and we broke out all the snacks. We were playing Swords Without Master and I ate all of my ginger. Do
0: you remember I um, you got the candy ginger? (laughs) I got um, I got candied strawberries.
1: Oh, I was like, you had something. I think they they were were
0: dehydrated. They They were dehydrated strawberries, which is essentially Mm -hmm. candy. Um.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, all it is is fluffy sweetness.
0: No, they were they were um, chewy, but they were like it took like I I mean, it was just concentrated strawberry.
1: I didn't even eat, I didn't even get any of those, <laughs> but that was okay because I just consumed my entire box I, I, of ginger. I'm pretty sure
0: Nor, um, I'm pretty sure Nor uh, polished off the Nor and I did like some serious damage to those, um, strawberries. <laughs> it's been pretty good. My bad parts have been, um, just angry, like just being really angry at the government. Um, I, I, know, I
1: i've had to start being really careful about your twitter in particular <laughs> oh i know my twitter's
0: really bad so first of all <laughs> if you follow me and you're listening to this i apologize if you've been following my twitter i have been retweeting and in many cases retweeting and in some cases angrily tweeting um at the federal government um I'm not going to not stop. Th- I'm not going to stop no, that. Y-
1: you don't have to stop. I just have to monitor my consumption when my phone pops up. And it was like new tweets from Phil. No, Vecchio. They're I probably like, not good. I used to be like, I'm going to go see what Phil said. And now I'm like, maybe I'm not going to read those right now. Yeah.
0: I am I was like, I, I today actually posted like a 10 tweet, um, Twitter thread because I realized like in weeks I hadn't actually said anything about how I was doing. So I just did like a like a 10 tweet summary that was like, I'm I'm okay Like, this is what's going on. And
1: but like anger.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: we're like, you know, we're like 13 minutes. I know. We didn't even talk about soft pants and hard pants. I know. We'll save that for
0: next week. Next week. uh, Next week, we'll be talking about soft pants and hard pants. Um, (laughs) Don't you already know? Like you're already like everybody already knows what we mean by that. I'm just saying. I
1: know. I'm gonna move my all my yoga pants down from the highest shelf that's impossible to reach in my closet to like a stack on my dresser. <laughs> I,
0: I, I can't lie like I, I hard pants are gonna be tough to go back to. all right we need to like we need to get show okay. so t- so the show going so so next week next week we'll talk about um, soft, pants, soft and pants, pants and hard pants, hard pants. all mm-hmm. right um let us uh, let us get into um let's get into the groove. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna tell you a funny thing later about what I did with the episode that came out today and how I cut it, but anyway Bloop. yeah that one's hard I don't know any i don't I don't have any adjacent genres for that one really
0: really interesting well, we'll figure it out
1: show me what you got show me what you got show me
0: show, what you got. Me, what show you got. me what you got uh, uh. <laughs> So, yeah, um, next week is episode 200. Just, That's pretty awesome. So exciting. And uh, discussion about um, soft hard pants, pants versus soft, soft pants. Soft um, and hard pants. Which could just be the whole episode. Could just, no, it's yeah, not. Yeah,
1: we could just talk about soft
0: it's pants. Not, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be the whole episode, I promise. It'll definitely be the opening of the show.
1: Soft though. pants and hard pants.
0: Oh, my God, I love my soft pants so much.
1: I'm really enjoying my soft pants. I, I mean, the other thing is, that, I mean, we'll talk about this more then, but like, you know.
0: No, no, don't talk about it. Yeah, okay,
1: I'm shutting up now.
0: You have to edit this thing. Oh, boy. Don't you want to be done? Oh,
1: boy. Yes.
0: All right. Do you want to say goodbye to everyone? Yes. Bye. All right, One ninety nine. Bye. And stop. And stop.